Well, we're glad you're here with us this morning. Uh, this morning we are continuing in our summer series. We started a number of weeks ago regarding open doors. Uh, together as a, a church, we've been learning how to practice discernment, how to become people that uh, can recognize open doors of opportunity that God puts in front of us and then make good, wise decisions uh, that are in concert with what God wants us to do. Uh, We started out by talking about how to recognize what open doors are. And then last week, Ben brought us a message to try to help us understand when we're confronted with two things, it may be a a good thing and another good thing, how do I know which way to go? Well, open doors are uh, things that are put there for us by God. But have you ever thought for a minute that uh, maybe our role in this goes a little bit deeper than just the opportunities God has for us? Right, as a church, we always try to have our eyes focused outward on, uh, on people that are not yet here. Well, this morning, Jason Aubrey is going to bring us a message that might help us understand how might God use me to open doors for other people to be involved in that process. Now, Jason is uh, he's a teacher at Joliet West, also is, uh, uh, has something to do with sports. I'm not sure what. Uh, he does something sports-related. Maybe he'll have something that, uh, that he wants to say about that. But uh, Jason, the thing you need to know about Jason is uh, one, he's one of the overseers here at Southfield. And if you spend about five minutes with Jason, you'll know two things. One, that he is a devoted Christ follower. He loves God. And two, he's not afraid to tell you about it. He will let you know where he stands. And I love that about Jason. I love the passion that he brings and the fact that, that he is not afraid to just say, hey, this, this is what God says, and this is how I'm going to live my life. In the book of, uh, of Joshua in the Bible, uh, God advises Joshua, I want you to be strong and courageous, strong and courageous. Three times God says to Joshua, the task that's at hand is going to require strength, and it's going to require courage. Uh, I can think of nobody better uh, this morning than to bring our message than Jason Aubrey, because he embodies both of those things. So please join me in welcoming Jason. So... You ever get to the point where um, you're getting ready for something? And I get this all the time because of my profession, but um, man, am I juiced up right now. My (laughs) adrenaline is flowing, and I am ready to rock here. Um, So, John, that while I appreciate that long, you know, introduction, I was just chomping at the bit to get up here. And so, in in my profession, um, I I, just 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 so you know, I. I love my I love what I do. Okay, um, obviously you see the football helmets up here. Um, I'm I'm the head football coach at Joliet West. Um, Any time that I can get in front of somebody and speak, I'm I love it. I'm I'm excited about it. Um, in my profession, though, you've got to understand there's a lot of things that happen, and I'm outside an awful lot. And right now, I'm I'm kind of a little embarrassed, and I, and I'm going to tell you about it. So it's not like the big elephant in the room. I burned my lips. We were at camp, and I had second-degree burns on my lips, and they're infected. So that's why I've got big old red lips right now. It's not that I put on a lot of makeup today. So, you know, it just comes with the territory. Sometimes that happens. So no big deal. Um, I just wanted to make sure I I preface that first. Um, And and one of the things that, you know, I I wanted to put this stuff up here and and, um, kind of tell you guys about my profession and um, 
There's, there's a quote that I've heard before that we've talked, uh, I've talked to other coaches about and, and heard guys say, I've seen a pigskin do more, more for kids than books could ever do. Okay? Um, now, that may seem like a bad statement, but in my story and, and what I'm going to tell you, what I'm going to uh, um, tell you in a little bit, there's multiple guys that I talk about that if there wasn't this, there wouldn't be college. There wouldn't be a job. There wouldn't be things that they've done if they didn't have this. So that's why I believe, for me, right away, what I do is a calling from God. I'm, I am, I'm a missionary to the public school right now. And my mission right now is to coach this while bringing the good news to these kids. So, um, but before I get into that, I got a great story for you, okay? So... Um, I saw Maura come in t- this morning, and I was like, yes, okay? Does anybody remember last year when I preached? And um, I-, I was talking about Sonny from POD. You guys remember Sonny from POD? Okay, th- that's the guy I want to be, okay? He- he's, he's, the reason why is because of the passion that he holds and everything. So I'm, I'm preaching, and I'm talking about Sonny, and all of a sudden, boom, music is coming from this side over here, and Maura's looking through her phone, finding P.O.D., and she's watching P.O.D. while I'm preaching. <laughs> so when, when she came in, I was like, yes, perfect. So anyway, all right, that, that was just, that was for free right there. I wasn't, that wasn't in there, all right. So anyway, I'm going to have to speed up because 30 minutes is not long enough. You guys good for staying, like, a little later? Because I'll... <clears throat> so anyway, I have this opportunity in front of me, okay, um, it was last May. Uh, my daughter and I were able to um, go to another POD concert. And that man, I was jacked up. I, I'm excited about this and everything. But um, let me tell you the backstory on it. So there's a guitarist from Flyleaf. His name's Samir. Okay, he's about this tall, bald head. Um, a, a great dude that I met when they were in Joliet. Flyleaf and POD were in Joliet few years ago, three, four years ago, I met him. We followed each other on, on uh, social media. And so in April, I find out that Samir is touring with P.O.D. And I'm going, man, I got to see these guys together. So Samir's playing the, the keyboards for P.O.D. They've got, you know, Sonny's up here. They've got the drums, the bass, and the guitarist. And then Samir's back here playing the, the keys and everything. And I'm like, I got to go see these guys. Well, I find out there's a, there's a concert in... Belvedere, over by Rockford. I've got a sectional track meet the next day, but I'm going, man, I got to get over there. I got to get over there. So I ended up um, tweet or not tweeting. I think I DM'd um, Samir and I said, hey, you guys, uh, you know, going to be closer to the city. And he goes, no, this is the closer we're going to get. I said, all right, um, I wish I could be there. And he goes, hey, if you get there, I'll put you on the list. I'm like, put you on the list? Heck yeah, I'm going. I don't even know what that means, but I'm going, you know? So, uh, so I get there, and he just, can't, he just gave us free tickets. But, uh, but with that, you know, so he gives me his cell phone number. We're texting back and forth. We get, get there, me and Kai. Um, we get off, and we, we meet him. We're talking to him. Um, and uh, yeah, I've got a shirt for Sonny. And remember now, okay, Sonny is this guy that I want to be, okay? Sonny is my, I, I don't know if I have a hero, but man. 
just the passion that he brings and everything. This is the guy, like I said, if I'm not a football coach, I want to be a lead singer for POD, all right? <laughs> so anyway, so Samir is, is there. We're, we're talking. He goes, hey, let, let's go grab a cup of coffee. I was like, all right, great. I'm going to go hang out with a rock star, you know? So uh, I had this T-shirt for him. You know, it was, it was our, one of our Juliet West T-shirts. I gave it to him, and I said, hey, is, is Sonny or, or Wav the drummer around? I want to give him. He goes, well, Sonny's, uh, Sonny's resting. Wav's out grabbing by teeth. I said, all right, that's cool. I'll maybe see him after the show or whatever. And um, so we're, we're texting back and forth now because I ran to my truck to grab the, the shirts and everything. And I walk up to the tour bus, and, and I know they're, they're right there. The venue's here, and the tour bus is there. We know Sonny's there. I'm just going to kind of hang out and... And so uh, Samir comes out, out of the bus um, after I say, you know, I'm, I'm you know, out in the parking lot. He comes off the bus, and he's walking up to me. He goes, hey, Sonny wants you to come on the bus. <laughs> and I go, me? Really? He goes, yeah, yeah, Sonny. And then Kai, Kai's right back here, and she goes, I'll just stay here. <laughs> and Samir's like, no, come on, let's go. So talking about an open door, a physical open door, Samir opens the bus door for me to walk through. Now, I have a choice. Do I walk through this door or do I not? I walk through that door. I'll tell you that. So I sat with Sonny and Samir and chatted for two hours before the show. Here I am talking to the guy that I want to be. He's just the coolest guy just hanging out. You know, me and Kai are sitting there. Kai gets her phone out, and she's showing uh, Sonny all her videos of, of her, you know, tumbling and everything, you know. So, and, and Sonny's just eating it up. He loves it. He's got kids. He's doing it. It was a great experience. So we get to the show. We, we go to the show. Afterwards, Samir um, texts me after the show, and he goes, hey, you guys haven't left yet. I said, no. He goes, you want to come on the bus? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So he opens up the door again for us, so we're up there. I'm hanging out with Sonny, Wav, Trey, Marcos, all the roadies. Every, I'm, I'm sitting here, I mean, are you kidding me? This is something that I've, like, I don't know if I've wanted to do it my whole life, but stank, this is incredible. So it was just an incredible experience. So once again, an opportunity that Samir opened a door for me, Okay. Now I'm going to talk about opportunities that I have opened doors for others. And not just me, but actually the doors that I've walked through to, uh, to be able to open doors for others. Um, when Paul was in prison, um, he, he um, wrote this. and um, So here, here it is. Pray for us, too, that God will give us many opportunities to speak about this mysterious plan concerning Christ. Opportunities that he's talking about are open doors. What, what are we going to do um, to open doors for others? Pray for us that we have opportunities to do this. So um, you're gonna be, we're going to watch a video here in a second, and um, you'll be familiar with the verse that they talk about. But, uh, but let's watch this video together, and, and I'll talk about a little more. Bridges? 
Revelation chapter 3 says, We serve a God that opens doors that no one can shut, and he shuts doors that no one can open. He says, Behold, I have placed before you an open door that no one can shut. I know you have a little strength, yet you have kept my word and have not denied my name. Coach Taylor, the Lord is not through with you yet. You still have an open door here. And until the Lord moves you, you're to bloom right where you're planted. I just felt led to come and tell you that today. Mr. Bridges, you believe God told you to come tell me that? I do. I admit to you I have been struggling. But I've also been praying. I just don't see him at work here. Grant, I heard a story about two farmers who desperately needed rain. And both of them prayed for rain. But only one of them went out and prepared his fields to receive it. Which one do you think trusted God to send the rain? Or the one who prepared his fields for it. Which one are you? God will send the rain when he's ready. You need to prepare your field to receive it. <clears throat> All right, so obviously I'm, I'm sticking with the football theme here. This is facing the Giants, and it's... Um, uh, Grant is the head football coach, and, and he's struggling with, uh, with his team and everything. And um, this guy, Mr. Bridges, comes and tells him, you know, you've got an open door here. He goes and he prays for two days, and then they win a state championship. That's the way it goes, right? That's the way it should be for us, right? I should go pray a couple of days, and we'll win state championships. Just kidding. No, that's not how it went. So let me, you should be familiar with the, the passage that they read. Let me read what uh, Mr. Bridges said to him. These are the words of him who is holy and true, who holds the key of David. What he opens, no one can shut, and what he shuts, no one can open. I know your deeds. See, I have placed before you an open door that no one can shut. I know that you have little strength, yet you have kept my word and have not denied my name. So in this book that, that we've been reading through, uh, John Ortberg's book, um, John Ortberg talks about a, um, one of his professors, um, that, uh, that talked about doors. And, um, and here, here's what uh, Dr. Hawth- Hawthorne is, his professor. A door, Dr. Hawthorne said, is one of the richest image- images in literature. It can mean safety, my door is chained and locked, or hiddenness, no one knows what goes on behind closed doors. It can mean rejection, she shut the door right in my face, or rest, young mother's favorite room is the bathroom where they can close the door and be alone. So with this, though, um, I don't think in this passage, though, you know, even though we talk about doors and, and, and metaphorical doors and everything, um, with this in this passage, it's not one of those doors. It's, the door is a door of boundless opportunity. An open door is a great adventure of life because it means the possibility of being used by God. Now, with that, what I want to do is I want to kind of tell my story. 
I want to tell my story of uh, being a football coach and, and the boundless opportunity that I have with open doors. So um, coming out of college, I had an uh, opportunity of a lifetime. I was able to be a head football coach right out of college. That does not happen, okay? People are, try their whole lives as football coaches become head coaches, and they don't, they're not able to. They, they don't have the opportunity. I had the opportunity right out of college to be a head coach. Now, the school that I was at, I've got these helmets right here in order so you guys can understand. This is Streeter Woodland High School, okay? Streeter Woodland is where I went my first job. It was um, quite an opportunity for me because someone opened the door for me. My high school superintendent called Streeter Woodland's superintendent and said, hey, give this guy a chance. He opened up a door for me. I walked through it. And um, the first day that I had kids come and pick up equipment, I had 14 kids pick up equipment. 14 kids pick up equipment. Freshman through senior. 14 kids. So the next three years, you know, it was tough. We did build the program a little bit. To, um, I think by the time we were, I, I was done there in three years, we had 56 kids playing football out of 90-some boys in the school, which is great. However, three years, nine games each season for three seasons. What's that, 27? We were 1-26. in 26. We won one game. So there was times where I'm going, did I, walk, did I walk through the right door? God, did I make the right choice in taking this position? Is this something that I shouldn't have done? So with that, you know, each school I would like to talk about at least one student that I felt a, a, a bond towards or, or something. There's a kid by the name of Michael Eggers. Michael was a sophomore the first year I was there. He was one of the kids that picked up equipment. All right, so he was a sophomore, and um, he actually had a huge role on the team because we only had 14 kids. So he played an awful lot. His junior year, he came in, didn't have a very good year because he was struggling a little bit. See, Michael had um, what you'd call a, a dysfunctional family. His mother, he only had his mother. He had a younger sister, and he was the man of the house. And he ran things the way he wanted to run things. And when he came to football and tried to do that, he kind of, we butted heads a little bit. Because he wanted to do things the way he wanted to do things, and that wasn't happening with me. Because that's the way he was able to live his life at home. His mother would lie for him, cheat for him, steal for him. Whatever he wanted, she gave to him. He wasn't learning how to be a man. He wasn't learning how to live the life the right way. So I... You know, after we butt heads quite a bit, I take him under my, under my wing and I say, listen, buddy, this is the way it's supposed to be. He didn't want to hear it. Just push back, push back, push back. As a junior, had a terrible season, was um, ineligible most of the year because he couldn't get his grades up because he wanted to do what he wanted to do. Came to his senior year, he, light bulb finally came on, had a great senior year. I was able to help him out get from one point to another, and at the end of his senior year, he was getting looks from schools. I was able to get in a car, drive him up to Rockford College, have him meet some coaches up there. He signed letter of intent to play at Rockford College. Incredible experience for him. 
If he did not make the choice to walk through the door that I opened for him, he wouldn't have been able to go to Rockford College. I've seen things a pigskin can do for kids that no book has. This kid would not have gone to college if it wasn't for football. So Michael Eggers um, was a great example in my three years at, at Streeter Woodland, but I'm still thinking, we're one in 26. What the heck? Did I go through the right door? Is that the right thing? So after that third year, I'm going, okay, i got to get out of here. i got, I got to do something different. we got to get to something bigger and better. I, I, I have more things that I want to accomplish in my life. So where do I look for bigger and better football? Where do I got to go? i got to go to the suburbs, man. I got to get up the suburbs and I got to get in there. And, and I tell Dana, okay, I'm going to put in for jobs in the suburbs. And she's like, uh uh-uh. uh. We're not going up to the city. It's too expensive. I don't want to be in city life. I don't want this and that. And I said, well, like a good husband, I'm going to do what I want to do. <laughs> Sometimes that doesn't happen. You know, or that, anyway, okay. So here's what's crazy, okay? So I'm at Streeter Woodland High School. You know what job comes open? Joliet Township. And I go, yeah. Eight-day school, 6,000 kids between the two schools. Let's put it in for that one. So I call up Don Parola. Anybody know Don Parola? Yeah. I call up Don Parola, and I say, Don, I'm Jason Aubrey. I'm at Streeter Woodland High School, small 1A school. I want to coach at Joliet Township. Put in, yeah, go ahead, put in for it. Never heard from him again. (laughs) Closed door. However, God gives you open doors, he gives you closed doors, and then he says, wait. Because I've got something better for you. So then I go to, uh, uh, so I I don't even hear from him, like I said. I get an interview at TF North High School. Anybody know where TF North is? Calumet City. Is Patrick in here? There's my man. Patrick's a meteor. TF North Meteor right there. So I'm going, hey, I got an interview. I get in there. I've got 16 people that I'm talking to. I wow them. All right, I come back to the board meeting. I'm one of two. I'm going to get this job. I'm going I'm to move my family to Calumet City. Is that, is that a good idea, Patrick? No, it's not a good idea. God closed the door. God said, no, you ain't going there. So we didn't go to Calumet City. Um, Lamont opens up, and I go, all right, I'm going to try for this job, okay? This is a job that I shouldn't even, there's no way I should even put in for. I'm a a, a 1A coach. We went 1 in 26. There's no way I'm going to get, here's what other people do for you. Other people open the doors for you sometimes. I had a buddy that um, coached in college, and uh, he coached the athletic director at Lamont High School, at uh, McMurray College down in Jacksonville. He, I called him up. I said, hey, Lamont's open. Can you get me an interview? He goes, yeah, I'll get you an interview. So he calls him, calls him up and says, hey, give Jason Aubrey an interview. He, you know, just throw him a bone. So I went up there and, and interviewed for it. And uh, the, the, it was a decent interview, I guess. But I got a call back, and they said, no, you're, you know, we're not going to. We've got somebody else that we're going to take. A week later, the AD calls me and says, hey, we got an assistant job open. You want a job? I said, absolutely. So I'm going from a head coach to an assistant coach, but the reason why is because somebody opened a door for me, and I walked through it. And that's why I was able to get up to Lamont. So 
I get up to Lamont, man, I am, I don't have enough time here, dang it. All right, so I'll, I'll cut this short here. Um, I get up to Lamont, and um, we, we're living in Lockport, so I, I've got to commute about 15 minutes to, to Lamont, but, um, but remember Michael Eggers from Woodland? He contacted me and said, Coach, he's, he's at Rockford College, hey, I want to come over and see you. So he drives over to, to Lockport while I'm at Lamont High School and uh, just wants to see me and just wants to talk to me. We hang out for the evening, and that was it. He just wanted to see me, and just and we had a great conversation. He left, went back to Rockford, and uh, just amazing. What, what, what was that all about? What? Well, it's, I'm, I'm hoping it's because I had some sort of influence in his life. So um, it, it's amazing how things intertwine, and that's why I put these helmets out here so you guys can understand you know, where the different kids line up or, or my different years of, of where I was at. So when we're in Lockport, we drive down to Joliet to go to Menards um, every once in a while because um, there wasn't a Menards every two blocks at that time back in 2002. You know, now you can go two blocks and, oh, there's a Menards. Oh, there's a Menards. There's. So we had to drive down to Joliet. We take Larkin down into Joliet is when, do you guys remember the Jefferson Square Mall? <laughs> we weren't supposed to go there. That was not a good place. Anyway, um, so we're driving down Larkin Avenue, and we're at the stoplight of Glenwood and Larkin, and I look over, and there's Juliet West High School. I tap Dana on the shoulder. I go, I'm going to coach there someday. She goes, no, you're not. <laughs> we are not going to Juliet. So just that, that was something that I, I honestly did. I wanted to be at Juliet. It was a crazy, crazy situation. So we're at Lamont still, remember? Okay, so I went Street of Woodland, Lamont. I'm at Lamont, and um, Dan DeBuff, it's a name you, nobody knows. Danny DeBuff was a freshman my first year there. Played on the sophomores, did a great job. The next year, as a sophomore, his sophomore year, my second year at Lamont, he, uh, he was my starting quarterback. I was the quarterback's coach, and um, Dan had a rough year. We had some situations that happened that... Um, I was, uh, like I said, I was a quarterback coach, so he was my guy. And we had some situations that came up that he was struggling with. And me and Dan had a lot of one-on-one talks, and, and it, was, it was a tough year for him. Um, so, uh, so I'm building that relationship with Dan. And um, it's, uh, we go through the season. He, he ends up starting the whole year. Um, and then we get to the spring, and, and um, I have my annual review with um, the athletic director there, and um, the door comes crashing shut on my career at Lamont. You know how I read earlier the door can be, you know, slammed in your face? It was slammed in my face. I went in, they said, uh, you're done. We're not renewing your contract. And I was like, what the heck? I don't even know what the heck I did. So um, sometimes the Lord closes the door. Here's the crazy thing. Okay, so when, we're at, at, when I was at Lamont and um, living in Lockport, I was the closest to God that I've ever become. Um, I, I finally understood who Jesus Christ was in my life. I was always a Christian growing up and everything, but January 1st, 2003, I made a commitment to God that I am going to get up every morning and I'm going to read and I'm going to pray for at least a half hour. I started that and I did a full year and a half of that 
And then God says, you're not supposed to be at Lamont anymore. They slam the door shut. I mean, they even, they even mailed papers to our house. Or they, there was a, yeah, it, it was crazy. It was, I had no idea. I'm a young coach. I'm going, oh, what the heck's going on? So I had, we had to sign off on these papers that I was terminated. So, um, so God closes the door, and, and I'm a young teacher and, and young coach with a young family. I've got three kids, and I'm going, I don't have a job. I don't know what the heck's going on. What am I supposed to do? Well, <clears throat> there's always another job. Always another job. Things open up all over the place. So I'm, I'm interviewing at other places. Nothing opens up. There's a place called Johnsburg that I've never heard of. I scoured the suburbs, and I, and I know every school in the suburbs. I, I, and Johnsburg opens up, and I'm like, Whoa, what the heck is Johnsburg? So I look it up, and I find it, and it's real close to Woodstock, and I go, hey, I got family in Woodstock. I'm going to go find out you know, what this job's all about. So I call up there. I, I put in for it. I get an interview, get the job, and um, the, the AD and principal uh, called me and said, hey, you, you, you've got the job, all right? And there's only one reason why you got the job. Remember when I was at Street of Woodland and I said, I wasn't sure if I should have walked through that door or not? The only reason why I got the Johnsburg job was because I had head coaching experience. They didn't care that I was 1 in 26. They cared that I had head coaching experience. If I would not have walked through that door at Street of Woodland, I would not have gotten the Johnsburg job. So God had a plan all along. The 1 in 26 for three years here at Streeter Woodland gave me this job at Johnsburg. So Johnsburg, you've got to understand something. I walked in, and I had athletes everywhere. We went 9-0 and the first year. 10-1 and is, is our, um, after we went in the playoffs, 10-1 and is what we ended up that year. The next year, we were 7-7. Uh, and I don't know. We won a lot of games. Okay, And it wasn't because of me. It was because of the athletes that I had. And, um, and there's, in, in that, um, there, was a, uh, there was a kid by the name of Chris Leathers that I remember coming in. I um, met him my first year. He was a senior when I was there at, at Johnsburg. And uh, he was, he's an incredible receiver. Um, we hit it off right away. He was a great kid. Um, we threw to him an awful lot. He, made a, he scored a lot of touchdowns and, and made us look really good. Um, his... Uh, he ended up going to Carthage College, but the summer before he went to Carthage, I'm out at a, a youth camp, and um, and I was telling my one of my assistant coaches about Dana and I just went to an FCA uh, marriage retreat, and there was a guy up there that was talking about um, you know uh, doing the deal is what he called it. Doing the deal meant giving your life to Christ, and and so I was telling my assistant coach. Yeah, it was pretty cool. This guy was up there talking about doing the deal and blah, blah, blah. And Chris Leathers is, you got to understand Chris, he's, he's very outgoing. And, and he heard me talking and he goes, Coach, what's, what's do the deal mean? I want to know what do the deal means. I said, Chris, come over to my house, 7 o'clock tonight. I'll tell you what do the deal is. All right, I'll be there. So we get done with camp. Uh, he comes over at 7 o'clock. I go out in my deck out in Johnsburg. And uh, I sit there and I lead Chris Leathers to Christ on my deck. Talk about opening doors for others. Holy cow. I mean, if, if I don't go 1-26 in 26 and have head coaching experience and then go be an assistant coach and then become the head coach at Johnsburg, Chris Leathers does not ask Jesus Christ into his heart. 
I mean, maybe you will later, but holy cow. Talk about being used by God. You know, it's unbelievable. All of our lives are like this, though. You have the opportunity. Pray for us also that we will have the opportunities to talk to people about Jesus Christ. That's what Paul is saying. That's what we're doing. We're, we, we have got these opportunities, these open doors in front of us that we don't necessarily think they're open doors, but if we don't go through with that, if we don't walk through those doors, you never know what's going to be on the other side. So, uh, by the way, there's a big guy, um, Jack Russman. Anybody remember Jack Russman? You know, the big guy that sat over here in church, usually. Um, he was a senior at Johnsburg, too, when I came in there, too. So we, uh, I had a, a little relationship with him as well. And he was at Johnsburg, and then he came to West for a while. And so anyway, I'm going to move on with that. I'm not going to uh, dwell on Jack that much. Um, but um, so I was, there, I was at Johnsburg for two years, and JT opens back up, Joliet Township. And I'm going, I just won a bunch of games. I'm going to get this job. I've got to get this job. So I call up Chris Olson, the athletic director, and I say, hey, I'm very interested in, in this position. He says the interviews are blah, blah, blah. I go in, and I, um, I obviously get the position. So I go from, Juliet, or from Streeter Woodland to Lamont as an assistant, uh, Johnsburg as a head coach, and then JT as a head coach. Now, you've got to understand something. The first four years of JT that I was here, holy cow, I was treading water. It was a rough situation. There was a lot of things that needed to be changed, and uh, if not for the grace of God, um, we probably still would, or we wouldn't be here. But um, God was able to to move in, in my spirit and go, "Hey, you got to stick it out, and you got to stay here." So uh, there's a kid by the name of Matt Coran that I'm going to talk about now. You may have, have heard of Matt Coran. Um, some of you I know, Kelsey knows Matt. Um, Matt is an incredible story. He started with us at, at JT. 2009 was his um, sophomore year. We brought him up as a, um, uh, as a varsity player on JT's team. Um, and then he finished out his junior and senior year as a West Tiger. And um, Matt is a, um, was an incredible kid. He was a great football player, was not necessarily a Division I football player. He was about my size, worked his butt off. He was, he was a great, great kid, um, really good football player, and um, what happened with him was uh, his senior year, he's getting looks from different schools and stuff, and he really wanted to go to Northwestern. He was, he was a very cerebral kid. He, he had got a 31 on his ACT, 4.4 um, GPA on a four-point scale, just a very, very smart kid, and just, he just did his work. He did what he was supposed to do, so, uh, so he wanted to go to Northwestern. Big Ten football, great academic school. Um, they just said, he's too small. Well, we're not going to take him. So the next opportunity presented itself. There was a guy by the name of Joel Lamb that gave me a call and said, hey, you got a pretty good football player, and he's got pretty good grades. Joel Lamb is the quarterback coach at um, Harvard Univer University. Joel Lamb says, listen, I want to set Matt up for the next 40 years, not the next four years. And that's exactly what they do at Harvard. They're going to set you up for the next 40 years of your life. Check this out, though. Jesus Christ says, I want to set you up for the life to come, not just this life. That's exactly what we're doing here. But 
so anyway, Joel Lamb comes in, swoops Matt up. Matt is, um, he's so nervous. It was incredible, that whole spring semester. See, Harvard and the Ivy League schools have a tiered system where um, the, the top tier people are good grades, good athletes. The middle tier is, um, you know, decent grades, good athlete. And then the bottom is great athlete, but not so good grades. Well, Matt was in that top tier. And he didn't think he was. He was like, oh, there's so many other people. You know, what am I supposed to do? I said, just relax, relax, relax. And um, ended up, uh, in the Ivy League, you don't get scholarships. It's you get offered a roster spot. And he got offered that roster spot and uh, went over there. Um, what an incredible kid. So his senior year comes up at Harvard. His junior year, they go 12-0, and win an Ivy League championship. Incredible experience for him. His senior year, the, the before his senior year, they pick the cap or the um, do all the different uh, you know name captains and everything. So going into the offseason, they know what's going on. 142 year history of Harvard football. There's only one captain chosen for each year. Matt Coran was chosen captain of Harvard football his senior year. 142 captains. That's it. He was 142nd captain named in that, the, the history. And I, so in my feeble mind, I, I like to think that I, I helped him out a little bit on that. Um, but let, let, me, let me read to you um, something that I, I wrote him in a letter uh, his senior year um, at, at Joliet West after he graduated. So I wrote him a note and I said, you know, I'm so proud of you and everything, but I want you to th- remember one thing. Okay, I wrote him Proverbs 3, 3 and 4. Never let loyalty and kindness leave you. Tie them around your neck as a reminder. Write them deep within your heart. Then you will find favor with both God and people, and you will earn a good reputation. This kid, I know he's an incredible kid, and he probably would have became a captain without me saying that, but I like to think that I was able to open a door for him to become a captain, to become an incredible person, and now he's... Stink, he's working downtown New York as a financial something, making a lot of money. You know, not that that's the most important thing, but he's what an incredible kid. So let me, let me bring this all together. Okay, Michael Eggers started with me for, with Woodland. Okay, great kid, ended up being a great kid. Came visit me at Lamont. Why, why did he do that? Just because I think that I, I, I meant that much to him, and, I, and I'm so excited about that. However, some stories don't end very well. About four years ago, Dana and I um, drove down the street and went to his wake. He, um, after he was at Rockford College, he struggled with some things had some uh, depression issues, and decided to take his life. That was a tough day for me. That was a real tough day for me. But, like I said, in life, you know, God always has reasons for things, and um, for him taking his life, I, I really took that hard. It was, it was a tough time for me. Danny DeBuff, check this out. Starts at Lamont with me, Okay? Then he goes to school, finishes school, comes back and coaches for me at, at West. 
Okay? Now check this out. This is the coolest part here. I was able to make a call a couple years ago to Dan Johnson, the superintendent at Johnsburg, and say, Dan DeBuff should be your head coach at Johnsburg. So talk about opening doors for others. He was with me as a sophomore, as a freshman at Lamont, and now he's the head coach at Johnsburg because of maybe an influence I had on his life. That was pretty cool. Um, Chris Leathers, Johnsburg, starts for, starts for me at Johnsburg, goes to Carthage College, plays there. Now, you know what he's doing? Uh, and he does the deal, remember, does the deal. Now what he's doing is he owns his own business. It's called Your World Fitness. And um, he trains NFL players. And the opportunities that he has to reach these guys is incredible. Um, Jack Russman played for me at Johnsburg, coached for me at West. Now he's going on to bigger and better things as well. Matt Coran starts with me at JT. Then he goes to West. Then he goes to Harvard. And he's probably going to be the president someday, by the way. <laughs> so I want to read three quotes from this book, from John Ortberg's book. I'm, I'm closing up here real, real, real soon here. So three quotes from the book. What matters is not a guarantee about the outcome. What matters is the adventure of the journey. God's primary will for your life is not the achievements you accure, it's the person you become. God can use even what looks like the wrong door if you go through it with the right heart. There's a story about a farmer, two farmers that prayed for rain. Remember the video that I just showed? One farmer prepared for rain. God will send the rain when he's ready. You need to prepare your fields to receive it. Here's the deal. It doesn't matter what door you choose. It's the matter of the heart. If you have the right heart and you choose the wrong door, God's still going to use you. That's where it all wraps up. All these things that happen in my life, I could have chose a different path, but I need to make sure that my heart is right. And if your heart is right, it doesn't matter what door you choose, God's going to use you the right way. Jesus, thank you so much for this time that we were able to... Um, learn about your word, and, and thank you that I was able to tell my story, and, and thank you for what you've done in my life. Jesus, I pray for this day. I pray that, um, that I reached one person. I pray that um, they enjoyed it, and I pray that uh, we will have a great day on this Sunday and that we're ready for football season to be here. Amen. Could you join me in thanking Jason? You know, you may not have the opportunity to coach uh, a football team, but here's the deal. Uh, you heard a lot of stories about a lot of people whose names you may or may not remember. Uh, but one thing that we need to remember, uh, Jesus said that we need to uh, let our light shine before men uh, so that they may see our good deeds and praise our Father in heaven. Uh, you may not coach at any of these schools, but you have a neighbor. You have a friend. You have a family. And to the extent that uh, you open doors for them, you have conversations with them that are not just about uh, trivial things, but about spiritual things. You know, the kid did the deal uh, because you let your light shine uh, before him. And now, you know, we can hear that story and praise God for what he did. It's amazing. What God does for 
us by opening the door of, uh, of a relationship with him is nothing short of remarkable. Uh, for our reading this morning, we're going to go back to the book of 1 John and just hear again uh, what Jesus did uh, before we partake in communion. Uh, as we've had in the past, we've got four stations uh, set up throughout the room. And I'm going to read this passage. Uh, just let the words seep into your soul uh, and meditate on them. And, and once I'm done, we'll spend a minute just sitting in God's presence and meditating on the scripture. Uh, and then you can go to one of the four stations, take a, a cracker and, and a cup, and take communion when you're ready. This is from 1 John chapter 1, uh, starting at verse 5. It says, This is the message we heard from Jesus, and now declare to you, God is light, and there is no darkness in him at all. So we are lying if we say we have fellowship with God, but go on living in spiritual darkness. We're not practicing the truth. But if we are living in the light, as God is in the light, then we have fellowship with each other. And the blood of Jesus, his son, cleanses us from all sin. If we claim we have no sin, we're only fooling ourselves and not living in the truth. But if we confess our sins to him, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all wickedness. If we claim we have not sinned, we are calling God a liar and showing that his word has no place in our hearts. My dear children, I'm writing this to you so that you will not sin. But if anyone does sin, we have an advocate who pleads our case before the Father. He is Jesus Christ, the one who is truly righteous. He himself is the sacrifice that atones for our sins, and not only our sins, but for the sins of all the world. Let's just be quiet for a moment in his presence. Our ushers are coming to receive the morning offering as they do, uh, sticking with the football theme. I uh, want to give you a couple of announcements on kickoffs that are coming up in the, the coming weeks. High school uh, kickoff, so Revive will be kicking off next Sunday. That's August 14th uh, for, the, uh, for the ministry season. Junior high kickoff will be the following Wednesday. So again, no refuge this Wednesday, but uh, their fall kickoff is Wednesday, August the 17th. And then Southfield Big Kids... Uh, is, again, they're going to, the big kids next Sunday are going to be in this room with us because their kickoff is not next week, but the following week, the week after that. So that'll be August 21st. If you're interested in baptism, uh, we would encourage you to uh, shoot us an email, give us a call. Uh, if you're uh, not aware in the, in the paper that you received as you walked in this morning, uh, our email address is office at southfieldchurch.com, office at southfieldchurch.com. Baptism is a huge open door. Uh, if you've not taken that step yet, uh, we strongly encourage you to consider it. Start a, start a conversation. Hey, I want to know more. I'd like to, to get a little bit more information about that. We would like to, uh, uh, like to give you some more info there if you're up for it. If you miss one of the summer uh, sessions, uh, we know that people are you know, in and out on vacation and so on and so forth. 
we promised that we would get the podcasts up. They are up uh, all the way up through Ben last week. Uh, so if you happen to miss one of those, make sure that you go back and, uh, and check that out. If you would please stand with me. We'll go ahead and uh, close in prayer this morning. God, thank you for this great day. Uh, thank you that you want to use us. Uh, you want to use us. Help us to get out of the way and to, to make ourselves available. Show us the opportunities that you have for us. Uh, give us strength. Give us courage. Uh, help us to see them and walk through them. In Jesus' name, amen. Have a great Sunday.